South America is absolutely leading the charge right now when it comes to cryptocurrency adoption. You probably heard the recent article where El Salvador is going to be offering a no capital gains tax on Bitcoin, as well as permanent residence for cryptocurrency entrepreneurs. But did you know there's even more than that? Paraguay hopes to do something similar, and the Bank of Brazil wants to become the first state-backed bank to allow customers exposure to an ETF. So cryptocurrency absolutely taking off in South America. Meanwhile, the US continues to spin its wheels and try to crack down on cryptocurrency in every way possible without going for a complete outright ban. Hey everyone and welcome, this is The Part-Time Economist and in today's video I've got some absolutely amazing articles detailing how cryptocurrency adoption is taking off in South America, how these countries are finally coming around and starting to embrace the cryptocurrency revolution. On top of that, I'll contrast this with the kind of attitude of the United States right now as well as throwing in two additional bonus articles that I thought were interesting. So stick around to the end of the video. If you could, like, subscribe, it really helps me out it helps me to continue doing this, bringing you this cryptocurrency information. So with that being said, the big announcement this week was El Salvador saying they will offer no capital gains tax on Bitcoin as well as the possibility of permanent residence for cryptocurrency entrepreneurs. So I'm going to do my best here with this name pronunciation. Nayib Bukele, president of El Salvador, has weighed in in the future of his country now saying that there's a formal proposal for making Bitcoin legal tender. So this is absolutely huge because there is going to be no capital gains tax on Bitcoin. And let me take a step back and understand what that means. This isn't saying there's no tax whatsoever on Bitcoin. It's simply saying there is no capital gains tax. And let me show you why this is so important. Right now, in the United States, anytime I receive cryptocurrency, I have to pay tax on that it's treated like income. So let's suppose I receive 0.5 Bitcoin Cash. Bitcoin Cash is valued at $400. So I'm receiving about $200. What I've got to do is at the time that I receive that, that is the time where I calculate. So Bitcoin's $400, Bit sorry, Bitcoin Cash, $400. I pay $200 worth of tax based on the time I receive it. Now, if that Bitcoin drops in value, if it goes up in value, it doesn't matter. I still owe that $200 based on the income. Here's where things get tricky. When I go to sell that Bitcoin Cash, let's suppose that I'm working just as an example here. Let's suppose that I'm using Noise.Cash and they send me 10 cents every two days, right? So over the course of a couple weeks, I get a dollar that I want to go and I want to buy something for a dollar. When I go to sell that, I've got to calculate my capital gains tax on each separate installment that I used for Bitcoin. So maybe I didn't get $1 worth of Bitcoin Cash all at once. Maybe I got five 10 cent or 10 10 cent payments. I've got to calculate price appreciation for each of those independently. So 10 capital gains transactions just to buy something that's worth a dollar. So with this, what they're saying is there is no capital gain. So let's suppose you get a Bitcoin this month for your salary, a Bitcoin next month for your salary, and then a year from now you go to buy a house. You simply pay the price of that house. There is no price appreciation or capital gains tax on your Bitcoin because it is going to be a legal tender. And again, if something is legal tender, it's the same as paying with pesos, yen, dollars, whatever the case may be, because there is no capital gains tax. There is no price appreciation. How could the value of the US dollar appreciate against itself? So with this, and again, this is a proposal. It has not been 100% formally signed into law yet. However, this is very forward thinking in my opinion because it really reduces the reporting burden 
yes, the government, they're still going to get their share. They're still going to tax your Bitcoin as income, but it's going to make it so much easier to actually use it and transact with it on a day-to-day -day basis. Now, one thing I will point out, not to rain on anyone's parade, but what it currently sounds like is that this is specifically Bitcoin. This does not apply to Ethereum. This does not apply to Bitcoin Cash, Basic Attention Token, DAI, USDT, anything like that right now. As it's currently looking at, it looks simply as Bitcoin. On top of no capital gains tax, what they're also offering is the ability to get permanent residence for cryptocurrency entrepreneurs moving to the country. So not only are we saying, hey, we're going to make it easier for you to use Bitcoin, we're saying we want you here. We want that innovation. We want that growth mindset. We want you to come to our country. Now, obviously, part of that is a monetary reason as well. If you're a cryptocurrency entrepreneur, they make that makes a lot of money, they do want their share of that. So they do have a little bit of their own incentive as well. But as you see here, it says El Salvador could offer immediate residence to crypto entrepreneurs interested in coming in and investing in the country. So absolutely huge news there. El Salvador trying to set it up to become a safe haven for cryptocurrency. But that's not all. That's kind of the story that has stolen the headlines. But Paraguay is offering something similar, or at least they're trying to implement something similar. So following in the footsteps of El Salvador, we have got the National Deputy of Paraguay, Carlitos Rejala has called for Paraguay to take similar actions on Twitter. So the congressman posted a photo of himself with laser eyes with a tweet that says, as I was saying a long time ago, our country needs to advance hand in hand with the new generation. The moment has come, our moment. This week we'll start an important project to integrate Paraguay in front of the world. The real one to the moon, hashtag Bitcoin and hashtag PayPal. So again, El Salvador kind of leading the charge here, but you see considerable support for these cryptocurrencies in other countries as well. So Paraguay kind of following in El Salvador's footsteps, hoping to become more friendly to cryptocurrency, cryptocurrency adoption. On top of that, and this is the thing I want to point out here, this isn't a one country phenomenon. A lot of times one country will do something. It's just like companies. A company will do something and people say, oh, this company did this. But when you see a lot of them acting together, you start to think that there might be a little bit something more behind it. And I don't mean conspiracy. I'll get into what I mean here in a little bit. But Bank of Brazil becoming the first state bank back to allow customers exposure to a cryptocurrency ETF. Now, this news is a little bit older. It was published on April 17th. So not exactly as current, but it still shows the trend in the marketplace. So Bank of Brazil's customers could have exposure by investing in this fund called Hash11, which is a fund that is composed of various cryptocurrency assets such as Bitcoin, Ethereum, Litecoin, Chainlink, Bitcoin Cash, and Stellar Lumen. So again, this is a state-sponsored bank offering access to its customers for a cryptocurrency-based ETF. That something like that would be absolutely crazy to think about in the US. So kind of wrapping everything up, we've got a lot of support for cryptocurrencies in South America. We've got El Salvador, we've got Paraguay, we've got Bank of Brazil. We have all of these different countries announcing in one form or another that they're becoming more cryptocurrency friendly. Now, contrast that with the US in which senators call for increased measures to regulate and trace cryptocurrencies. Two US senators have urged lawmakers to increase measures to regulate cryptocurrencies, including how to trace cryptocurrencies transactions in order to combat ransomware attacks. So for those of you who do not know a ransomware attack, they will basically put a virus on your computer or something like that and say, hey, you have to send us 10 Bitcoin to unlock this, right? And the issue is that Bitcoin transactions are obviously irreversible. So 
once you send this, the criminals, the bad people, they have your money, they have your funds, and you really don't have any way of going back. So Senators Roy Blunt recalled that he and Senator Tom Caper were leading the effort to try and make reporting of ransomware attacks mandatory. However, they said that there was a lot of pushback because no one wanted to report that they had been hacked. So what we're seeing here, again, instead of going after the actual crime itself, the U.S. finds a way to continually blame things on cryptocurrency. So it just shows the difference between some of this innovation and forward thinking in the South American countries, as well as kind of this old institutional mindset of the U.S. And that's something that I really want to talk a little bit more about, because if we see the vast majority of these countries that are adopting cryptocurrencies, that are embracing cryptocurrency, we've got a lot of support in South America, but we've also got a lot of support in places like Africa. Meanwhile, kind of these bigger established countries like the U.S., the U.S., in my opinion, does everything it can to destroy cryptocurrency while trying to maintain maintain an appearance of being cryptocurrency and friendly towards innovation. So, you know, in the US, we have this saying that we're innovation and we're freedom and we're everything like this. So we can't outright ban cryptocurrencies because we like in our minds to think that we're forward thinking and that we have this innovation, the, you know, the kind of the hub of free enterprise, right? But in reality, the laws and the structure of cryptocurrency transactions in the US is so difficult, so hard to comply with that unless you're simply buying and holding cryptocurrency, which is basically what I do, you can't use it as a form of day-to-day -day cash. You can't use it for its intended purpose. You simply have to buy and hold the asset because the reporting requirements, all this burdensome regulation is absolutely a nightmare to keep up with. So severely limits the use of cryptocurrencies on top of that. You've got more and more people wanting to come out and track them, trace them, all of these different things, which makes a lot of people say, this cryptocurrency stuff just isn't worth it for me. And I think that's on purpose and not like a conspiracy, anything like that, but simply we have to think that the U.S., derives a massive, massive benefit from people using the dollar, right? It derives a massive benefit from the dollar being the world reserve currency. Places like Africa, places like South America, they have a lot to gain from the dollar not being the world reserve currency, right? So right now, the way it works, the U.S., we don't have to balance our budget. We can print as much money, and because it's the world reserve currency, people are going to accept it. Because other countries are struggling with inflation, they're going to accept dollars, right? So we can basically print our stuff for free. We print free money, but that money actually has value. Unlike other countries, if they just print money, that money decreases in value. So there's a strong demand for U.S. dollars because the dollar is king. Now, if the dollar starts to fall off that position, if countries start to use Bitcoin, if they start to use Ethereum, then we lose a lot of our power as a nation, not just from an economic perspective, but the ability to finance wars, the ability to finance all of these things. So the U.S., it knows, I think there's a understanding that the dollar props up the United States and the United States cannot allow the dollar to fall off becoming the world reserve currency. So that's why I think you see them really pushing hard against cryptocurrencies. And that's also why you see some of these countries that are unfairly, um, I don't want to say discriminated against, disadvantaged economically by the US dollar being the reserve currency. That's why you see such a huge push towards adoption of cryptocurrencies in these nations. The US has everything to lose and nothing to gain. These other countries, they have not a lot to lose, but a lot to gain by getting out of that dollar-based system. Now, of course, there are some other issues as well. A lot of these countries are struggling with hyperinflation or inflation or bad monetary policy. So there's a lot of reasons that they might want to adopt cryptocurrency, but specifically 
they have a lot more to gain from adopting a cryptocurrency, whereas the US has a lot more to use. So that's my little inspirational quote for the day about what the difference is between why the US is so anti-crypto and why a lot of these countries that we typically think of as still working on developing economically, why they're so friendly to cryptocurrency. That being said, tell me what you think. Leave it in the comments below. Why is the US so anti-cryptocurrency where all of these other cryptocurrencies are supported in a lot of these different countries? So let me know down below what you think. So another interesting article that I found, and again, this is completely unrelated to El Salvador, Paraguay, anything that's going on with that. SpaceX to send the first Ethereum node to the ISS in collaboration with Space Change. So on July 3rd, 2021, SpaceX will launch an Ethereum node to the International Space Station. And again, this is a partnership, obviously SpaceX, Elon Musk. And one thing that I think is cool about this, obviously it's cool to have Ethereum in space. The first Ethereum node in space, cryptocurrencies really are out of this world. I know it's a cheesy joke, but they are because Ethereum, all of these cryptocurrencies now, they're going to be having nodes in space. Not only that, but again, this is being something that is partnership with Elon Musk with SpaceX. So I know Elon Musk has been getting a lot of criticism lately for his attacks on Bitcoin, things like that. And you are absolutely free to think whatever you want about Elon Musk. I'm not telling you one way or another what to think. But at the end of the day, me personally, I still think he's someone that is pushing for cryptocurrency adoption, someone that wants to see a better future. Now, do I agree, obviously, with every single thing he ever says? No, but we have to remember, he's coming from a very green standpoint. For him, the whole concept of electric cars, the whole concept of renewable energy, this is something that's very important for him. So the criticisms that he leveled at Bitcoin, he, again, he didn't level them at all of cryptocurrency. He didn't say all cryptocurrency is bad. He was specifically concerned with the way Bitcoin was doing things to the environment with this mining power. Now, obviously what he's doing, he's continuing to push the boundaries and support cryptocurrencies. He's looking at alternative cryptocurrencies. So this is both kind of a interesting thing as far as deploying Ethereum nodes to space, but it's also kind of, in my opinion, a redemption of Elon in that it's saying he is not against all cryptocurrencies. He is not anti-crypto. He still wants cryptocurrencies. He still wants to help them grow in development because it's something he believes in. He just wants them to be done in a little bit more efficient way that is better for the earth and better for the environment. And you can even see that here. He said Tesla's looking at other cryptocurrencies which use less energy per transaction. And again, with Ethereum progression to the 2.0, hopefully the proof of stake standard, this is something that could very much be the case. So I think it's very interesting that they would be sending that Ethereum node to space. One other thing that I did want to point out, and again, this kind of ties in with Ethereum as well, it is Tron. Now, Tron is a blockchain that some people love it, some people hate it, but whatever the case is, Tron is definitely a blockchain that stirs up a lot of debate. And what I thought was interesting is that Tether, Tether is the world's leading stablecoin, and what I thought was cool is that they pushed out this graph showing that the majority of USDT is actually on a Tron blockchain as opposed to the Ethereum blockchain itself. So this is something that I found interesting because a lot of times with Ethereum, Ethereum used to be the king of these transactions, and a lot of people would use stable coins on Ethereum. But with this, we're seeing the world's leading stable coin having more volume on Tron than any of these other blockchains, which I think is absolutely huge. It shows that for a long time, Ethereum kind of took a let them eat cake attitude to these high gas fees, right? What we're seeing now is that people you can convince people to hold off a little bit. You can convince them to be patient. You can say, hey, just wait. Everything's under control. We'll get it fixed. But what you're seeing now is that people are really saying, we're tired of paying these high Ethereum gas fees and they're opting for other chains. So Tether, Binance Smart Chain, 
Polkadot, all of these different chains, they're get, even Bitcoin Cash blockchain getting a little bit of a resurgence of interest simply as a way of getting away from these high Ethereum gas fees. So my biggest thing looking forward into the next couple months for cryptocurrency, it's really hard for me to decide what to invest in right now because Ethereum is still the king it has a lot of great applications, a lot of great developers, and there are interesting projects being built on it, but every day, a little bit of those other chains start to creep into Ethereum's space, right? Every day, people get more and more tired of these high gas fees. So if you were asking me right now what cryptocurrency to invest in, I simply wouldn't know. Would you go all in on Ethereum and say, hey, once 2.0 comes out, once these transaction fees get lower, it's going to wipe out the competition? Or do you say, well, maybe some Ethereum competitor is better. Maybe Tron is better. Maybe Polkadot is better. Maybe Binance Smart Chain. The simple thing is there is so much uncertainty right now with Ethereum as well as these Ethereum competitors that me personally, I wouldn't know what to invest in. So that's why I try not to give any kind of financial advice. But what I do think is incredibly interesting is that we do see these other blockchains starting to creep in, starting to get a little bit bigger. So obviously a Tether, number one stablecoin, having more volume on Tron than Ethereum. So a couple more things that I thought were interesting with Tron, and again, I'm not endorsing Tron. I know I've talked about it in two separate articles, but the reason I'm bringing this out is because this is specifically what popped into my newsfeed. Tron, total number of transactions hitting 1.9 billion. Current total number of accounts, almost 38 million. So absolutely huge things there. And again, like I said, not telling you Tron is the best, not telling you Tron is the greatest, simply showing you that these numbers are increasing. People are, number one, moving more into cryptocurrency in general, but number two, they're starting to get off Ethereum and try to find other solutions. If I'm doing DeFi, I've still got to use Ethereum, but if I'm trying to pay my employees in a stablecoin, why not use Tron? Why not use Binance Smart Chain? So just wrapping everything up, going back to the beginning here, we've got, again, absolutely huge massive developments with El Salvador giving that no capital gains tax to Bitcoin but also permanent residents trying to attract those cryptocurrency entrepreneurs bring them into the local economy Paraguay trying to do a something similar Bank of Brazil offering access to that cryptocurrency based ETF and then the US again spinning its wheel trying to keep cracking down more and more on cryptocurrencies. We've got SpaceX sending the first Ethereum node to the International Space Station. And then we've got other blockchains such as Tron continuing to experience growth as people try to get away from these high gas fees. So that's a weekly roundup of some of today's top stories in a cryptocurrency. I hope you found the video useful. Thanks for watching and I'll see you next time.